Football's a funny old game, isn't it? No sooner can you be flying high and beating the informed team just days after you're getting worried about a dodgy spell. That is why we love football. We'll be talking about DK, the Borough success, and much, much more on this week's Baggies Broadcast. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast, sponsored by the Catlin Toaster Man. I'm Johnny Jury, and I'm here, as always, alongside the main man, the ENS Baggies correspondent, Mr Lewis Cox. Lewis, we're coming into the back of this on a win. We're all in a good mood. Well, I am. How are you? <laughs> good, mate. Yeah, yeah. Still um, still high from Saturday. It was it was quality, wasn't it? Um, great. You know, great. Much needed tonic to uh, a more recent events. Things that uh, we'd hit. I think we, we agreed on bumping the road, didn't we? One win in six. And um, I was a little bit wary of facing Borough, even at, uh, even at the Hawthorns, where, let's be fair, things have been pretty flawless. And uh, it was superb, wasn't it? Superb from about minute eight onwards. It was it was brilliant. Now, um, great atmosphere, great great crowd, just just a superb win for Albion. And we'll get into it. But as we spoke, I think I was in this very room last time. Um, mentioned Borough leading into very kind run of fixtures on paper, and and how important. You know, starting that run against Borough would be, and, and here we are. So, yeah, superb day, Johnny. Um, most enjoyable. I'm not being funny either. I walked in the press, so I walked up the stairs to the press room um, at the Hawthorns on Saturday. Um, and there's a guy at the top of, top of the stairs, bold guy, mm-hmm. always there. Said hello, a few pleasantries. I was sort of walking towards the press room. He's like, what's the score going to be today? And I said, I'll be going to win. And then he sort of said, he said, he sort of said something like, "We're all negative a lot of the time." Albion fans sort of ripped me off, but so I'm not saying it's down to me. But I did say it was three one to be fair. I think yeah. I actually went in. In um, readers will know in in our paper um, when we have the preview in, usually on a Friday for a Saturday game, obviously, or on the day on a night game, we we carry a preview. And I'm I'm not ashamed to say I went score draw actually, um, and I, I I should have believed, shouldn't I? The Hawthorns yeah. form the record. I should have backed them. Um, but, you know, in my defence, I mean, look at Borough. Literally the form team in the whole country, or certainly the top four divisions. So, um, unbelievable effort. And let's have it right, as, as I wrote afterwards. Um, best result under Carlos Corbran, I would say. Yeah, it's got to be, you know, it's certainly got to be up there. Um you know, it was a very good display. Great to get back to winning ways. Um, we've got lots for you today, as always. Um, today is no different to other episodes. We'll start with Borough. We'll move on to the sort of on and off field stuff. We've got your questions and we'll look forward to, and I say look forward to in a very loose terms, to Friday evening's trip to Hull City on a Friday in Hull. Johnny, you're on a personal vendetta against Hull. I can see the people of Humberside sort of turning I'm not, up with... I'm not... I'll explain myself. I'll explain myself later. I quite like Hull, but Hull on a Friday night. I <laughs> hope the I hope the executives at Sky Sports are listening to this as well. I, I, was, I was just going to say, um, you know, the the people of Hull, the good people of Hull, will will see you arriving in your car. Yeah, whether it's crossing the Humber Bridge or what, whatever it is, they'll just put a blockade out and they won't let you through, mate. The way you've been slandering their good. Yeah, good name, but no. Don't um, don't worry, it'll be your car because you're driving. Well, that, that that's the problem, isn't it? I'm taking I'm taking us on Friday night, so um, yeah, I'll boot you out and I'll take one for the team and uh, and go and watch watch Albion end their end their recent away struggles and and bring back a nice victory from Hull. But uh, yeah, Friday night in Hull, it it doesn't quite as we'll get into later bring the sort of glamour and allure, does it? It doesn't doesn't it set the pulses racing. Um, yet, you know, credit to, to Baggies, they'll, they'll be there in their thousands, won't they still, I'm sure. Not sure what the ticket sales are, um, whether they take, I don't know, what would they take, Johnny, 12 to 1500, something like that, maybe a bit more. Um, just thinking the fact it's on Sky and stuff, but they, they'll still be there in incredible numbers and, and roaring from the away end. So no excuses. No. No, there certainly will be. Um, but as I say, again, for the fifth time, Friday night in Hull. Um, alternative Albion. Now, and I haven't been able to think of anything this week. 
I, it's been a very positive week as far as you I'm concerned. So I'm going to flip it on its head and I'm going to come up with something positive. I'm going to say that I thought the atmosphere, certainly after the first two goals on uh, or the first goals on Saturday, was some of the best that I've sort of witnessed this season. I thought it was terrific. Um, it was fantastic. And that, I'm just, so I'm just going to reserve that little bit of this little section just to praise the Albion fans. They're great every week. Carlos Corbran waxes lyrical about them for home games and away games. Some of the away followings this season have been sensational, but in terms of the the atmosphere, I thought on Saturday, I thought it was I thought it was electric at, at times yeah. in the Hawthorns. So so yeah, I'm go- I'm not going to be negative this week. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say the atmosphere was superb. As you know, and away grounds as well. The away following this season has been super sensational. Mm. G- given where Albion have been sent on what days, it's been it's been pretty good. So yeah, hats no, off to the Albion fans. Couldn't agree more. And I, I I have to say though, and I'm sure the listeners would agree, I'm just disappointed. You couldn't, you can't think of anything that got your goat on Saturday, Johnny. Because knowing you as well as I do, I'm very sure there was at least something that went on during that game that got your goat. I'm just trying to think of anything on the pitch that that I remember you being irritated by. And if no, I do, I wasn't positive. I'm, podcast, I'll let you know. Calm it down. I'm telling you, mate. Calm it down and become, <laughs> become more of a positive person. Becoming more. I can't think. No, I can't think of anything. Wasn't anything in there, was there? I don't know. I'll maybe one. I'll tell you what. Maybe one thing. I saw a, few, saw a few fans on Twitter sort of saying Albion should have won by more. Like, don't be greedy. <laughs> don't be greedy. But that, there we go. There's that. Well, there we go. I couldn't go past this section without saying something like that. Don't, don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. You know, 2 0 against the informed team when you've won one in five is like, it's a superb result. And the, the way they performed as well. But yeah, it's. Um, to be honest, your, your alternative Albion, so we, we've already boxed it off at the start of this, this pod, haven't we? By. by um, Oh. Your good self ripping Hull a new one. So, Hull away, yeah. And 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 the, the the Sky Sports schedulers who are universally unpopular with Albion and their fans, aren't they? Generally, yeah. let's be honest, we we know that, and that's been going for some time. So, yeah, um, we've still got more to come, haven't we? Cardiff's a Wednesday, is it? Cardiff away. Um, now I'm not sure if that's telly related or um, just a midweek fixture. Well, if you'd have fans believe it, you'd think that Cardiff was at the end of my driveway because you think <laughs> I live so close to Cardiff because you think Wales is like four miles long. <laughs> John, Johnny popping down the road from Wrexham to Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've got a few midweek ones, but um, but there, yeah, there we go. One negative and certainly a big positive with the fans. Right, Middlesbrough. Daryl DK grabbed all the headlines, got the two goals, should have had a hat-trick, felt gutted for him in the, in the second half. But Lewis... You know, it's been BTA, it's been DK, it's been BTA, then it's been DK. Is this the chance now? He's got the two goals, potentially could start on Friday. Is this a chance to really, for, for, for DK to sort of stake the claim, grab that shirt that, that all Albion fans, you know, when he signed that big money transfer fee, thought he was going to grab? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. From his perspective, it is. Um, I think I've said on podcasts before, Johnny, perhaps even the last one, that I didn't mind the... You know, when was it? Just before New Year, when when the form was really good. I didn't mind the rotation. I and I don't. I still don't. I don't mind the one in, one out. It was Thomas Asante at Watford, wasn't it? And I, I don't think he had a particularly bad game overall. In fact, I remember Corbran saying he he did pretty well overall. However, we swap it for for a fresher. You would say DK coming in on on Saturday, and he absolutely took his chance, didn't he? He he needed that. Had a little run without a goal. I think six games. Not all starts, of course, but been some disappointing periods in that. I don't know, you know, think Blues away off the top of my head. He would have started at Bristol City, did he, DK, in that? that yeah, he did in that disappointing changed FA Cup team. Um, there have been others. So, yeah, he, he needed it and it, it couldn't have been a better first 10 minutes for him, could it, honestly? Um, took his goals so well and I thought his overall performance was really strong and we saw what Carlos Corbin said immediately after the game, didn't we, about just how the head coach was pleased. Yeah, of course, he was pleased with the output and being the match winner. But equally, I think what we all saw in the second half was DK doing the ugly, unnoticed stuff, having to drop to the halfway line, drop to his own box to to hold the ball up, to win fouls, to link play. You know, Middlesbrough had a lot of the ball. They didn't do a fat lot with it at all, but they had a lot of the ball. So Albion needed out balls. And um, and while it wasn't running on running on the shoulder of the defence in on goal, it was doing a lot of important stuff for his side. So we saw more than yeah, you know, we saw a couple of sides to DK's game that really impressed actually. 
Um, and yeah, he'll be he'll be buzzing. It was great to speak to him after the game too. My first chance to do that, and he you know, came across a really top guy and you know very humble and very pleased for him. Obviously, the only way it could have gone better, as you say, was um, was to slot that slot that hat trick in at the start of the second half after the unbelievable work. I mean, poor Paddy McNair bounced off him and and received some claret for his trouble, didn't he? His his nose wasn't looking too great after after that incident. Obviously, that to be stretched off. Um, I think he's okay by all accounts. But um, some, his feet in the box after that sort of danced between a couple more challenges, didn't he? And it showed what you know more evidence and an example of what he can do. He's had some some more disappointing performances of late, and would have thought he probably really needs that. And we can only hope it does wonders for his confidence. Just on the initial point you raised about him and Thomas Asante, I don't mind it cho- chopping and changing, Johnny. I really don't. Now DK's two goals against Borough. Do I think the head coach is then going to change it and go with Thomas Asante? No, I'm sure he'll stick with with DK for Hull. Uh, how you know? How can you drop? How can you drop your striker after that? However, like I say, I, I just think there's there's something to be to be said and gained for keeping them fresh and mixing it up and keeping the opposition guessing. They're two strikers with different profiles, different strengths, and. Um, you know, if needs be, one can come on to join the other one rather than replace the other one. And I think it's to Albion's strength that, you know, it's it's not set. I, I appreciate that, all right, if DK kept scoring in every game, you know, it might be set and that would be great. But interestingly, Carlos said before, Borough, didn't he actually, Johnny, that he wasn't too fussed about not having a runaway goal scorer like Borough have with, with Akpom, with his 20 goals. And but Albion haven't scored many this season, have they? We all know that. We've spoke about that. Lots of 1-0s, 2-0s. No runaway scorer, but um, seven and five now. They've got Thomas Asante and DK, and if they can just keep, you know, notching in every other game between them or something, I think that that'll be enough and enough. And I don't mind the rotation policy. I really don't. Just at the other end of the pitch on on Eric Peters. Um, strangely, spoke to a few people. I thought Peters was very good, um, but there was a few fans sort of. I suppose when you get a few defeats, people want not scapegoats, but they want to change players. And a few calling for Shemi Ajayi to come back in, but Peter's played, he's got off injured. We'll wait to see sort of the extent of that. But he's got a bit of not cult hero status, but I spoke about it on social media. You know, he's he's a character that Albin have added in with experience. You know, fans were chanting his name as he, he was taken off. Weird that he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. I thought he was exceptional against Middlesbrough. He was exceptional. You're right. And um Fully justified, I thought, hearing Eric Peters' Ballon d'Or um, being being chanted. Was it mid-game or after the game? He he limped off, didn't he, Peters? Which was um, which was a shame to see. Quite late on, I think he had a knock earlier in the game. Corbyn said it was a a little bang on the knee um, to be assessed further with with the doctors and stuff. So we'll get an update on him next time, and can only hope it's not serious. Um, I feel like. I couldn't agree more. He's he's been superb, Peters. What what a bonus he's been this season. Uh, signed only on a one year deal, didn't he? It was him on a one and Martin Kelly on a two. Um, Albion might want to start having a look at that, to be honest. And he's obviously in a in a group of players out of contract, but he's a very interesting um, member of that little group, isn't he? Um, what a signing he's been, and um, the the transformation of him playing centre half. You know, we all know him and and have known him as a left back at. Stoke and Burnley and I can't ever remember seeing him play centre-half although I was not a regular watcher of Stoke and Burnley I don't know about many other listeners but um, always seems to be a solid steady top flight left back hasn't he but is he, he's 34 now I believe Peters you know but he's in supreme shape and Corbrand deserves so much credit for bringing him into the middle and the way Peters has managed to, to handle himself and that you're right Johnny there have been you know, quiet mumbles of time to change up the defence. You do feel like having to admit and eat a little bit of humble pie at this point because last podcast, I think we spoke and Watford hadn't gone brilliantly, had it, for for any of the defence, let's be honest, or, or a lot of the side. And yeah, I, I did just wonder, well, I, we talked about it, didn't we? You know, Ajayi not looked not looked at the top of his game since since the injury. You know, when's Bartley back? Bartley comes straight in, surely, doesn't he? Um, but he's, if Peters had to come outside, you know, this injury aside, hopefully the injury's not serious, but if Peters had to lose his place, it would be 
very unjust, I think, and unfair given what he's done. But um, he's clearly a big hit with, with the fans, as you say. He's, he's, he's a character, isn't he? He's very sort of passionate and very vocal. He's a proper leader out there. You can see that. And our fans like his social media stuff, see that on Instagram. Um, just been a bit of a masterstroke, really. I mean, credit Steve Bruce. It's a superb free pickup. Um, obviously, he was, he was without a club in the summer and training with Robin just for a bit of fitness. And uh, I mean, you can tell he's been fit as a fiddle since coming in. Hope I don't jinx that now with this knee problem, but um, he's been supreme. And and who'd have thought that? Yeah, who'd have thought at the start of the season that Eric Peters would sort of transform into a star centre half, um, and sort of salvage Albion's season because you know, we had the Ajayi blow what from September to pretty much December, if not Jan. Then you get the you get Bartley in outstanding form. Then you get yeah, you know, he's not kicked a ball from November just prior to the World Cup break until until now. Still not back, is he, as we enter March? Um, so someone has had to step up, and it's um, the Dutchman's done that. Yeah, absolutely hats off to him. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad he I'm glad he put in one of his best displays yet. And there have been, you know, a number of very good displays, but one of his best yet, just to just to remind everyone, he is, you know, he's still here to, to hold down the position, and he's not ready to come out the side yet. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, uh, it's a good point. Jed Wallace back out wide. Got to stay out wide now, hasn't he? Fans were calling for it. Carlos has done it. Um, set up DK's goal, played a hand in the the second one. He, yeah, he's got to remain on the on the wing. He's got to keep the chalk on his boot, surely. I think, yeah, I think so, Johnny. He, he, he was excellent, wasn't he, Wallace on on um, on Saturday? I did. Before I forget to say this, I did enjoy that the opening goal. Enjoys probably the, the wrong word. Um, everyone knows Wallace's. Everyone knows Wallace's best positions on the right wing. It's where he's played most of his career. It's where he's been excellent for Albion this season. And I, I agreed that I'd rather see him there than in the middle. Of course, I, I did agree. But yeah, he he was on the right on Saturday and and very very good there. But I did like that the first goal came from him running through the middle and then delivering from the left side of the box. I just think that sort of backs and adds weight to what the head coach was trying to do. Um, you had Swift there slightly deeper playing an you know, inch-perfect pass. It was one with the outside of his foot, wasn't it, I think? And, and there was Wallace with that you know, burst of acceleration, turn of speed that the head coach has talked about, you know, darting beyond the defence. Whether he holds his run or not, we're not quite sure, are we, Johnny? We didn't want to see that one in VAR. No. Um, from, we got a good view of that offside line, didn't we? And it looked uh, tight, to say the least. Um and yeah, what Wallace is there, left side of the penalty area, then delays his, his low balling perfectly with his weaker left foot, and it's inch perfect for DK's finish. And I just, I just think it, like I touched on, I think it sort of backs up what the head coach was thinking, just in that you know, Wallace can be a threat from centrally. If he if he plays in the middle, it doesn't mean he can't be a threat from out wide on the flank with the movements he makes. If he, as we saw on Saturday, if he's on the flank, it doesn't mean he can't be a threat running through the middle. He's got that movement, mobility, speed to get into positions full stop. And, you know, we saw yeah, that, that goal wouldn't have come around were it not from Wallace being in that position there, centrally trying to do what Corbran has tried to get him to do and be that second man runner beyond the striker. You know, he makes the run off the defender's shoulders in front of DK, gets in and gets the, the cross for the tap-in. So I think... We can all be guilty of this, and I'm including myself as well. Yeah, Jed Wallace is a right winger. We all want to see him play on the right. I do as well. But I think we can be guilty of being a little bit um, maybe blinded by the fact that these players are so good they can do other things. And don't get me wrong, I think in some games, it, I don't know if I go as strong as to say wasted there, but it's just not his main strength. Is it? His main strength is his ability to cross with his right foot, which is yeah, almost second to, not, second to none in this division. Um, but I, I, I still think he can. You know, we saw that he can be a, a big threat from other areas of the pitch. Elsewhere, um, we also saw, you know, Carlos Corbran with that and with other things. I find it so refreshing that he comes out and, and explains that when he the year managers go and I got it wrong. Don't blame the players, blame me. But a lot of the time, when managers say that, they're trying to deflect from their players. They don't really mean it. And there's not much sincerity in it. But with Corbran, when he says he's got to learn from his own mistakes and learn from that and learn from 
you know, trying Wallace in the middle, which didn't exactly work an awful lot of the time. You can tell that he means it. You can tell he's gone away and gone right, and he sat down and gone right. How can I improve this? Or how can I do so? And I just we're biased because he's at our club and he's doing really well. But I think anyone can see that that's the mark of who he is. You know, the fact that he's admitting his mistakes. You know, he has yeah. made mistakes in this time, despite the fact that he's won a lot of games. But it's just so refreshing to hear. From yeah, my it's nice to hear. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say I haven't heard it before. There are. I mean, I. There were times at the start of the season with Albion where I, I sort of recall Bruce touching on regrets and what he'd done too soon or not done at all. There are probably many more that he, he, he didn't speak of while still in the job, to be fair. But um, you're right, Johnny, in that not all managers do that. You know, you speak to some managers and yeah, I don't put a foot wrong or, you know, they didn't do anything wrong or they didn't make any mistakes. Yeah, every, obviously, everyone makes mistakes, don't they? And, you know... It, takes a bigger person to come and admit them as you say and speak about them so so credit to him for for not just you know looking for external sort of reasons or excuses and and fronting them up and if you made a call that didn't quite come off ex- explaining the thought behind it yeah n- not in his mother tongue let's let's remember where it's you know it's probably more difficult for him to try and get his point across to us um but still doing so and being happy to do so it's very refreshing to hear. Um, some managers do it, some don't. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very nice to have one that does. Yeah, it is. it's great. It, it, like I said, it's just refreshing. Refreshing to hear, really. I'm going to finish on Farah, on Josh Griffiths. Um, as football fans are, section of football fans are, he's already received a bit of flack, despite being in a team for sort of two or three games, but really showed on uh, on Friday that he's he's the real deal, made some really good saves. Certainly that one at the end. On Saturday, sorry, certainly that one at the end. <laughs> I was just gonna say I was just gonna ask actually what was he up to on Friday? Yeah, um, yeah Johnny, um couldn't have been happier for him really after uh, after Saturday, just the job. As I touched on the the results at the top of the pod being yeah just the tonic for what had gone before it. Wow, that was almost couldn't have been more perfect for Griffiths, could it? It, it was ideal. Um, the goalkeeper's situation since Palmer's injury just prior to Carve on the Friday night, wasn't it? Um, it's just been a, I was going to say a bit of a nightmare, and that's that's perhaps too strong, but just a real blow to Albion's progress, I think. That it, unless we forget Palmer, what, what a part of the turnaround he was, how... From you could see it from the naked eye, but the stats backed it up, didn't they? His save, rep, you know, percentage of saves, all of that, the number of clean sheets he he built on. There, there hadn't been many under David Button at all. Had had the and we know Button's stats didn't read well. Um, so Palmer had been a massive part and surely overperformed from what most would have expected from him. Otherwise, the change would have made earlier, wouldn't it? So to to lose him for. I think we were given six to seven weeks as as a time frame at the at the time. Um, it was a hammer blow, really, and just about at the start of this this wobble, really, the bump in the road. Now I know Button came in and Albion won, and he got his clean sheet in that Cov game, but you know it, it was still to unfold, wasn't it, with Blues, then then sort of Blackburn and Watford. So the bump in the road continued with with the keeper situation, and and Griffiths, you know, third game it was for him against Borough on Saturday. He, Hasn't had it his all, all his own way so far. Life of a goalkeeper, the life of any footballer, I suppose. Um, yeah, at fault in some moments, so I think he'd hold his hands up for Brereton Diaz's free kick, wouldn't he? I'm sure in the last minute of his debut. Personally, don't think he did a lot wrong at Watford, but show me a goalkeeper that wants to concede three goals in a three-two defeat. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, you, you wanted him to you wanted to give him a massive rating on Saturday out of when we were doing the player ratings out of 10 for his performance. But the honest truth, because of how good Albion were, he didn't have too much to do, did he? Certainly in terms of making saves, but one in each half and certainly the one in stoppage time from Isaiah Jones, the Borough sub. And what a save that was. It looked great live at the time, but the replay was was exceptional. I think you'd probably gone down to do your fan videos by that no, time. No, I'd right? seen the save. Saw the save. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Um, good. Yeah, it was superb. It was a superb stop. And you know, beyond it being a superb stop, the, the timing, the fact that 
it led to his first clean sheet at the third attempt. Um, so such an important moment for him because you know the longer it went on, even if Albion had won the game two one, which they, you know, they would have realistically ninety seventh minute, it still would have been tarnished. You know, a little bit he couldn't quite hold on to that clean sheet. Young keepers still looking for one. You know, the likes of us would still be talking about the fact he hasn't got a clean sheet. Um, so important. So important, and he it takes so much confidence from from that. And I just thought he looked assured throughout, used the ball well, which I know is a yeah is an area and topic that Albin will be keen to build on because, <laughs> as we've spoke about many times, um, it's not all about launching the football, is it? Under Corbrand, there's a lot of passing to the edge of the the penalty area to the six yard box. There's um, a lot of playing it out from the back, so it's something he will have to become more and more accustomed to. But I I, I back him too from what I saw against Borough commanding, claiming crosses, um, punches were good. I remember early on, yeah, it was really good all round and felt really important to me just for, for the team, for the squad to get back to those clean sheets that were, they were the absolute bedrock early on the Corbin, weren't they? The, the 1-0 wins, 2-0 wins, didn't need to score many because didn't concede. To get back to that now at this crucial time ahead of this 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 massive run, as we enter the running, let's be, let's be fair, um, just so important for all the players, really, but certainly, obviously, Griffith. Yeah. Now, there's Middlesbrough. We're going to lock that one away. It's a, another win, and focus now turns to turns to the next game. Lewis, just on a couple of news points. Uh, Mark Albrighton was speaking before the uh, the game on Saturday. Spoke in the match day program. We ran a piece with it um, on Sunday on the Express and Star website, where he's basically admitted that he just hasn't been good enough for Albion. His performances haven't been what they should have been. Albion fans giving him a bit of flack. You know, he performed well against Coventry, but since then he's sort of been a little bit off the boil. And um, interesting comments, very, very open, truthful comments from um, mm. from the unknown Leicester winger, acknowledging, you know, it's plain to see that he's got the he's got the talent, but it just hasn't something hasn't just clicked. Something hasn't been quite right. He said he's been trying too hard almost to to impress the Albion fans. There's, there's some interesting comments. Yeah, that and did he say he'd sort of been been rushing at times, which which yeah. sort of ties in with trying trying too hard, doesn't it? And well, I mean, how refreshing to read and hear were they? Um, you know, and obviously he he was the program, he was on the cover of the program, wasn't he? As well, I don't know if that's what I presume that's why he was interviewed in the program, but you know, good of the club for putting that to him, um, but but mostly good of Mark, obviously for for fronting up and owning up on that, and and then. You know, and then it being published, you don't usually expect those kind of thoughts and quotes necessarily in um, the club publications, do you? But very interesting read. Um, one that you know m- m- most, if not all, Baggies fans would would agree with. Um, superb debut, all Brighton had thought looked absolutely the real deal, as we would come to expect. Premier League quality, but uh, just tailed off, didn't it? Blues, Blues. Uh, among most, he was he was poor to anonymous and um and then it was Blackburn wasn't it at home before Watford and didn't recall him shining against Blackburn and certainly struggled against Watford where he came off at half time. But he you know he he's a immensely experienced top level pro and he will know whether he's been at his top level, near his top level or or, or just not things not coming off for him. And and you can sympathise, can't you? Can imagine him going somewhere new after so long at a club he's so familiar and, and just trying everything, trying so hard, trying too hard, as he said, and things just not quite coming off. You can you can almost see that. And I I feel like I can picture that. I feel like runs he's been on, things he's tried where it's just just not happened for him. And I I'm still confident it will, Johnny. I, I really am. I mean on the basis of Saturday, I know we haven't mentioned John Swift yet, have we? But I mean absolutely immense. And and for me at the moment, Swift and Wallace, obviously, as as it has been for a lot of the season, certainly with Wallace, have to play. They're they're on the team sheet, aren't they? They're in. They're two of those three spots behind the striker. You'd have to say the third is is up for grabs. And you've got Dean Garner. You've got. I didn't think did too badly on Saturday. Dean Garner might not have set it alight, but played well. I thought. Um, you got Dean Garner and Albrighton sort of battling for that. I don't see any reason why Albrighton can't play on the left side. I think he has him once or twice so far, and in that spot's open, isn't it? That spot's there to be competed for. Um, with those two, it's good to have competition there. Um, we, we've heard the head coach say Grant can play there as well. Of course, we saw Grant, didn't we? Was it was it at Watford? Um, yeah. 
come on when Albion needed a goal. He missed missed Saturday, Grant with a little knock. Um, and and Adam Reach, you know, is, is another squad player who can do a role if if required there. But those two will Brighton and Dean Garner. Um, it's it's I think it's a positive boost for Albion compared to I don't know a, a month or two ago where they they didn't really have competition in that in that area, did they? But I, I think you know Wallace and Swift are among the first two names on the team sheet now, and the other roles there to be taken. Whoever can grasp it. Right, elsewhere as well. Another story in the news uh, this week, saw it yesterday. Kieran Gibbs, former Albion fullback, who went left Albion to play for Inter Miami um, a couple of years ago. He's now sort of hasn't confirmed he's retired, but he's going into the media at Inter Miami as a, uh, a show host and a, a commentator. If he gets a little bit of media experience, Coxie, maybe a potential potential baggies broadcast guest in the future. You never know. Oh, shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that's uh, guests for the. The summer special series of the Braggies broadcast is very much um, up up on the agenda, isn't it, at the moment, Johnny? So, yeah, not a, not a bad call at all. I wouldn't mind a bit of, um, you know, be if we were on. Perhaps we could get the. Perhaps we could get a flight out, Johnny, on expenses. Yeah, it's all right. I'll give obviously to, to Miami. You know, in Miami's owned by Beck by David Beck. Well, I'll give Beck a call. See if. Oh yeah, so. I, I don't think I don't think doing that one on Zoom, Johnny, or on Teams or whatever we do, I don't think it would quite suffice. You no, know, to get no. the real sort of authentic sort of experience and yeah, you know, interview. I think we really need to get out there actually. So um, if you can collect your pennies, we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get onto the expenses department of the Express and Star. See what yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it won't be a problem. Um, see what see what they say. Uh, <laughs> just on uh, on on guests. Uh, we've got a provisional guest booked for the first, uh, well, the second, third guest series of the Magic Broadcast. <laughs> I forgot about the summer, the one in the, in, in the winter. The World, Cup. Um, the World Cup. We've had the World Cup one prior to that. We had last summer, we had the likes of Hal robson Carney, Dan Ashworth, Paul Robertson, Sam Field, um, all came on to talk about their time at Albion. Uh, and we're going to do another series, potentially another two series. Um, I'm going to ask for your help on this one, Baggies fans. Um, the first one is going to be Trying to get managers, players. Um, we've got a lot of feelers out there. Spoke to a former Albion manager yesterday who's agreed to come on the, the Baggies broadcast. Just trying to sort lo- the logistics of that one out. Um, so they'll be coming out in the close season um, where you've got nothing to listen to, nothing to read, nothing to watch. We'll still be bringing you content. But we're also bringing you, uh, or planning to bring you, uh, a smaller series on sort of Albion's forgotten gems. Players that have come from the academy, have played just a handful of games uh, and then have almost been forgotten, really. Um, and have gone on to have maybe careers in non-league or they've gone abroad. Um, now, we're sort of researching and scouring and we're putting the feelers out. But Albion fans, that, that there's oracles out there who know, you know, every single Albion appearance from every single Albion player for the last 60, 70, 80 years. Um, if, you're, if you listen to the podcast and you can think of anyone who, who maybe came through at Albion, was sort of talked about as one of the next big things to come off the, the production line at the Hawthorns Academy. But never quite did it at Albion and went and had a, a career elsewhere or or lower down. Do get in touch. Drop me a direct message on Twitter or tweet us or or send us an email address. Our emails are are out there if you search on expressstar.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. But we've got a few sort of names on the list. Um, so yeah, basically my my days are just spent at the moment just pestering old Albion players. Just, <laughs> just anyone who's got it seems like they've got an interesting yeah. story to tell, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, interesting story to tell. But we've got a few. We've got a few lined up. We're going to bring you some good content, hopefully, for next year. Uh, just, on, just, on, um, just on the Gibbs one, um, which I know we were sort of beginning to talk about before we started daydreaming of Miami. Um, to flip the script on, on you, Johnny, what, what were your sort of thoughts there? I mean, I, I, I have to say, and obviously... It's I, an I interesting to... point, actually, because I saw an Albion, and I tried to dig this out this morning, but I couldn't find it. And, and a lot has been made, obviously, with the finances of West Brom, you know, whether players that the money was spent on players were hit and misses and mm. and, and I saw um, a fan had put a list out and he put sort of ticks and crosses and question marks and a lot of them were correct I thought but he put a question mark next to Gibbs's name now Alvin didn't pay massive money for Gibbs he played a hundred times he he signed in the relegation season which was unfortunate but he was part of the side that got to the playoffs then he was part of the side that went up. Mm-hmm. And then the season after that, they were fighting a losing battle. He didn't play an awful lot. Stupidly got himself sent off against Everton, if I remember. Um, but I thought it was a solid sign. I thought Alvin very much got their money's worth for Gibbs. I'd um, say I was surprised having a look, Johnny, that 
he, he was, yeah, he was here until 2021 and left yeah. sort of towards the end of that season. And my, my brain and memory had sort of computed that he'd left a little bit before that and his Albion years were a bit prior to that. But yeah, I, I was trying to work it out as well, looking back and obviously seeing he had four seasons and um, exactly 100 games, as you say, or comps, which is not bad going, is it, to to leave, you know, as part of the 100 club to get to that that figure. I mean, what a career he's had, what, what a great fullback. But I, I, it'd be difficult for me to comment because, you know, I've not seen him in games, but certainly on the, as you say, unfortunate you know, the season, Albin went on to get relegated from the Prem, but then to be part of you know, the playoff push all the way there and, um, and and then the promotion season, which he played large parts in, didn't he? Those those campaigns, very large parts. So I don't, I, I don't think in, there's any way he can be written off as a, a failure. Um, perhaps because he was Kieran Gibson, did so well at Arsenal for so long and came, I'm sure he came with massive expect, expectations really. But like you said, Johnny didn't cost the world six or seven million. And um, yeah, you know, part of good sides who succeeded, sides who also didn't succeed, obviously, I guess you'd say, unfortunately, two relegations, wasn't it? But, um, you know, didn't, I didn't watch him, but by all accounts, didn't down tools in the championship and say like, oh, I don't, you know, don't fancy this. Um, I'm getting a, a move back to the lower reaches of the Prem. He was very much, you know, sleeves up, stuck in and a big part of promotion pushes. So, yeah, I, I think he can be a, you know, a, a very much a decent servant. And uh, he, he signed on a four-year deal, saw it out, and 100 games of service. Yeah, no, I agree. Good luck in, uh, in your media career as well. Um, to Kieran Gibbs taking over them roles uh, into Miami. Um, before we go on to um, a little section, I'm going to put Coxie under pressure. It's called the running. This is my new uh, my new section. We're going to run weekly until the end of the season. But before that, I just want to talk about Action for Albion. More great work from Action for Albion. I think they were on a couple more uh, national radio shows um, in the last sort of week or so. Um, very much getting out there. We've seen the light show carrying on at the Hawthorns. And there was due to be, a, I just wanted to say, there was due to be a planned protest and outside the Hawthorns after the, the Borough game on Saturday. Um, and it wasn't, there wasn't as many people there as, as, um, as was, I think it was after the Reading game earlier in the year. Um, which was very well attended. Um, but the the point I wanted to touch on is more that just saw a couple of Albion fans sort of popping at other Albion fans on social media and accusing them of not caring and people burying their heads in the sand because results are going well. Um, just having a bit of a snipe at other Albion fans. Just I just I didn't it, it didn't sit right for me and and I just wanted to to say from my point of view all all I think I think every Albion fan knows the situation at the moment. Some might not choose to protest. Some might choose to do things in other ways. But I think everyone's got to stick together. I think, yeah, you know, calling out people in the fan base because they haven't attended a protest or or, or shined a light or waved a piece of paper. I don't think that's good at all. I think our action for Alvin has been extremely successful, extremely successful um, in getting the voice out there, getting things heard. You know, they've been on all sorts of platforms. We've covered in the Express and Star, the other local press, but they've gone above and beyond that. In, in raising the profile of of Albion um, in Parliament, Nicola Richards MPs raised it in Parliament as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not like fans don't care and nothing's happening. Fans do care. Fans have followed the lead of Action for Albion and they're doing some great work. Yeah, maybe the protest didn't have as many people as as they would have hoped for on Saturday, but maybe the result was down to that. It was absolutely freezing at the Hawthorns on Saturday, <laughs> so I'm sure fans didn't really want to be standing round um, on Halfords Lane. Um, after the game, but I don't think just because a few people didn't turn up to a protest, I don't think it means that the the action isn't working. I think it's doing some really good stuff. You know, the protest after, you know, I can't say this for certain, but the protest happened, and then shortly after, our action for Albion sat down with Ron Gourlay. So the work that they've been doing collectively has has led to that really. And I think the other day I saw that they're now sort of affiliate. I don't know if it's affiliated or recognised as an official supporters group. Um, so everything's pointing in the right direction, um, and I think things are going really well. And yeah, just didn't didn't like to see Albion fans sniping at each other. I'm sure it come from a from a from a good place, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good point, Johnny. Well made. Um, I think that there's nothing wrong with people not wanting to to protest. Everyone has a right to protest, but if you, if that's not 
you know what you think or what you're comfortable with doing then that that's fine no one should be made to do that however I think everyone gets it and obviously knows why it's important and why it's been done I do think you know and, and this is nobody's fault I agree wholeheartedly with with you that the group is doing great things credit to them um, for the hard work and effort and the exposure they've built up and so on um, but I do I, I do think and sense sort of apathy within sections of the fan base just obviously the thing that they're protesting about regards uh, Gucci and Lion and everything that's that's with that and everything that's been wrong some will you know perhaps understandably although this is sort of a debate that could go on forever and ever and ever some will feel that well what with the best will in the world what's the point in me doing this because it's not going to make any difference and that's how that that will go on and happen in any protest anywhere won't it and it's as I say sort of understandable or not it, it happens and it's felt by some I'm sure um and that, that that's because they you know Albion fans see no sign of the controlling shareholder at the Hawthorns you know speaking or anything like that and they, they want to see something tangible about what they're obviously what they're what they're complaining about they want hope that what they're going to do is make you know will make a difference and as you rightly said just then Johnny what action for Albion have, have done so far has already made a difference um Obviously, everyone wants a, everyone wants an end goal that um, that hopefully one day will come. Um, but credit to those who are still protesting and uh, and pushing themselves to do it. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's there needs to be any scope for sort of attacking each other, you know, verbally or being high and mighty and taking a moral high ground about it. Honestly, but um, yeah, good point, well made, John. Yeah, no, and um, good luck to action for Alvin. Work they're doing is. Is really good. Looking forward to seeing uh, what comes next. Right, the running. I'm getting Coxie to get out his crystal ball now. I'm going to put him under some pressure. Mm-mm. I've got a list of Albion's games that are left, starting with, as we said before, Hull away on a Friday night. Um, and I'm going to ask Coxie now for points predictions. Fans are always asking us for points predictions. How many points are we going to get now? How many points are we going to get between... Um, sorry, the, my dog's trying to jump all over me. He wants to get involved again. Um, how many points are you going to get between now and the end of the season? So, Coxie, I'm going to take you through quick fire, quick fire. Now, I know you like to mull over these, but I'm going to keep you quick fire on uh, <laughs> on, on the, the, the games that Albion got left, points they're going to get. Right, you ready? Hold on, Johnny. Um, so, yeah. I told you. I told you he'd want to mull over them. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm, mull, I'm mulling over the format here, mate. Sorry. I'm, uh, so, I'm so just you... going to say, I'll just say the team... The oh, I need to tell you 3-1 or 0. 3-1 or 0. I'm so slow. It takes a lot for me to compute <laughs> these simple, basic things, mate. You should know this by now. Okay. Right. You ready? Yeah. Paul. 3. Wigan. 3. Huddersfield. <laughs> uh, I want to say 3. Yeah. Uh, Cardiff. One. Sheffield United. <laughs> Zero. What's wrong with you? What, what a lack of optimism. Johnny, I can continue saying three, 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 one, three, 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 <laughs> one. But, you know, some of us have got to be sort of remotely balanced here. Millwall. Continue. Millwall at home. Um, is that a night? I've got no. to factor in external circumstances. Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, Millwall. Uh, three. Rather him away. Oh, rather him away. Three. QPR. One. Who's up next? Who's up next? Stoke at home. No, away. Stoke away, yeah. Um, one. Blackpool away. Three. Sunderland. Is is it Sunderland Norwich Swansea the last three? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll go one. Norwich. Norwich three. Swansea. 
And then I'm going to go for a zero on the final day. Oh, just to be sake. controversial. No, but Johnny, Johnny, two factors. One, don't worry. Top six will already be secured by the trip to South Wales on the final day. And two, I'm on my stag do for the trip to Swansea, so I'm not there. So I'm hopeful that it is already secured and it doesn't matter that Albion lose. Um, so that's where we're going. So I don't know if you jotted those down, but it'd be good to tally how many points. It is. That would take Albion to um, 73 points. Now, judging on last season's championship uh, table, that wouldn't be enough to get Albion in the top six. Really? Judged on last season. So last season, Luton finished with 75. But the season before that, um, just... It's around there typically on average, isn't it? Yeah, 77. So for the last two seasons, that wouldn't be enough to get Albion in the top six. Wow, so they um, need to be better than... Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've only gone two defeats, including the final day. Um, yeah. You know, one being Sheffield away as well. So that was 73 for this week. So I'm going to, every time Albion tick the games down, I'm going to keep coming back to you. See if the <laughs> predictions change. We're going to call it, we're going to call it Coxie's Crystal Ball. Oh, I love that. Love that. I, I mean, there's probably a reason why I don't bet on, on footy, Johnny, <laughs> or, or in full stop. And that's yeah. either because I know nothing or I have no money. Um, or possibly both. Possibly both. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, I'm, I'm certainly both. But but yeah, we'll come back to you next week. We'll go after Hull. Hopefully, you're right on the Hull on the three points. Of all there. Can you imagine if I'd got every single one right? I, I, know. I would have had enough money to, uh, to 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 retire. But yeah, might be worth might be worth having a look at some odds. I'll have a look at some odds. <laughs> I'll have a look at some some odds for next week. Anyway, they've um, been placed on record now, haven't they? Yeah. So we can all laugh at me when Albion get like eighty points and and secure themselves. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right, time for an advert. As always, the Baggies broadcast is brought to you in association with that man, the Catlin Toaster Man, uh, who's got all your household products, kitchen products, whatever you need. He's got it down at Thorns Road in Briley Hill. This week, we're talking coffee makers. You can get a range of coffee makers. I've been through them all this morning. He's got some top drawer, top drawer stuff there. You can get an Elgento um, coffee maker, two point two point, uh, sorry, one point two five liter, seven hundred and fifty watt. Um, black for just £15. That's just one of a host of bargains he's got in store. So head down Thorns Road in Briley Hill or if you want to have a have a little scan but you don't want to leave your sofa, uh, head to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Right, time for some questions from you lovely Baggies fans. You've got a few of you have got in touch with us today and I'm going to read out this first one. Coxie's going to love this. Um, question from Daniel Tudge. Is Hull away on a Friday the most Pressing fixture possible. I love this question so much. I gave it a little favourite, and um, yeah, it seems seemed to be seemed to be a question a lot of Albion fans online enjoyed. Um, certainly, is for you, Johnny. I think, isn't it? Uh, no, let let's let's have it right. Um, it's not the most glamorous away day by <laughs> you know by a long shot, and uh, on, on a Friday night, it's as rough as it gets, isn't it? Really. Um, not 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 calling the place as rough as it gets, by the way, just to just to um, ensure that doesn't get taken the wrong way. But yes, yeah, uh, an, an unfortunate old trip, isn't it, for every Albion fan? But you know, they and us will not care one jot if we're returning back down the. Would it be the M1? Yeah, A38. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, well, I hope so because I'm, I'm driving you, mate. So we need to. Uh, hopefully, the sat nav knows. Yeah, um, yeah with, with three points, fingers crossed. But it's uh, it's it's not one that stands out for glamour, is it? But I'm yeah. sure we'll get fed and watered, which is more than appreciated. Well, I hope we are anyway. Decent pie last time, if I remember rightly. Decent pie. Yeah, I've only been to Hull once, and it was yeah. their one season in League One. I did see an away victory though, which was um, so I'm yeah. I'm 100 for Hull. Two and two. Two and two for Coxie. Right, Alan Love. There were certain academy players in around the first team. Where are they now? Um, I know some have been loaned out, but surely there are some that might get on the bench. Um, I think there was in the Cups, Alan. Uh, Jovan Malcolm in the Cups. Um, Jamie Andrews in the Cups as well. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're still involved in training. Um, I'm not saying all of them, and I'm not saying every, you know, every session, but I, Corbin has certainly referenced on a good few occasions how um, are these players like Malcolm Andrews, I'm sure Cleary as well. Um, I mean, even Griffiths, when he was, like, we know he's number one now, but when he was brought back, you know, we saw him feature for the 21s, but also to, to be in training that these guys are still 
utilized in trainings just so they can they can mix they can experience it they're useful numbers and bodies when you want to do an inter squad match or things like that so they're, they're very much a part of it however you know we're not going to see them on the bench in the championship anytime soon are we you know we're seeing what livermore gardner hickman others i know rogish is injured but him as well been left out of the match day 18 because there aren't the numbers so it feels like a big stretch to expect a, a malcolm or an andrews or something to be on the bench yeah i hope that, uh, I hope that answers your question uh stevel knievel um the protest seems to have run out of steam what do you think the next tactic should be we've we just spoke about the protest i don't think they've run out of steam um i think they've been very it's got to a point now where they've been very successful and i'm sure they're just sort of debating what the next step is. Um, Tony, this is a good point to mention, yeah. actually. Which I, I meant to mention earlier, sorry, mate. Um, it's reminded me of this question. They are and have publicised the planning of the march, haven't they? March. Mar- yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. From, um, from West Brom. Am I right in saying West Brom Town Centre to the Hawthorns? Not sure. Um, not which, sure. Yeah, we'll come back to you on that. We'll obviously speak about it near to the time and look forward to speaking to, to the group about that. Um, Blues did similar, didn't they, ironically, on the on the Friday night game at, to St Andrews before before that Albion game a few weeks ago. Um, I think that, you know, I hope as long as it's sorted out logistically, which I'm sure it is, I mean, we don't need any more sort of um, hold-ups outside the Hawthorns before a uh, before a game, do we? Especially if it's on a night, which yeah. I, I doubt it will be. Um, yeah, hope, I imagine that will go well. I imagine that will be well-backed and well-supported. Something a bit different. Um, that That's a good thing, isn't it? Fresh, freshening it up. However, you know, uh, the, pe- the people at the top of Action for Albion, the committee members, it, it is difficult to gauge the tone and think of the right thing to do that's that every, that's going to be seen to be the right thing to do. And But I think marches, you know, especially if they have weight behind them and enough people involved and certainly are done peacefully, which, I, you know, I, I know it will be, um, I think that can be very powerful. So look forward to, to hopefully seeing that, you know, that play out and that come to fruition. I think it's a good shout and hopefully it will go well yeah hopefully it goes well it coincides with um the white paper being released by the government on sort of regulation in football last week and i'm sure fans were were all over it um looking at the details of it and some really good analysis out there our very own chief sports uh, writer matt mayer did a really good point on it um basically saying just look at the people who are opposing it um and that tells you that it's a good idea uh, if anyone gets a chance to go back on expressandstyle.com do go in and listen to that and it's about regulation in football, various different things. There's a lot of detail in there. Um, but one, I think I've mentioned... Just a quick, just a quick word, Johnny, as I put in, that the March yeah. um, is before the home game against Huddersfield on yeah. Saturday, March the 11th. So um, so it's actually a week Saturday, is it? It's not obviously not yeah. this weekend coming in Hull. Um, it's the following Saturday. So it's, it. it's not not far off at all. And um, yeah, the group have said more details to follow on that. So, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good, smart move. And... Uh, forward to it yeah yeah i look forward to it indeed just on the on the white paper style it'll be interesting to see how it how that transpires and how it'll hit i think the s4a said it might be a little bit too late for albion now i've looked at a lot of the details in it and just a point that i make you know it's 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 interesting it will help but whether it will help people situations like albion no one could have really i don't think you can put regulations in place to foresee whether an owner is going to start taking money out of of a football club, you can't read into the, the mind of an owner, um, which is what has happened at Albion under under Gauch and Lai. You know, when he came in, everyone thought he was going to sort of take Albion to the to the next level. Um, and in regards to as well, like what he's done at Albion is, like we said, the five million that went from one company to another. You know, in any other business, that's common practice. In football, it's frowned upon, but it's not illegal. You know, unless that is unless laws were changed, I suppose there that that couldn't stop. Um, happening but the white paper is good you know it's a good idea whether it'll stop everything i don't know um but i think that ties in well with the action action for albion stuff um and hopefully it'll stop you know another lie doing something else to a, a football club but good luck to them you know mm-hmm. the, i think the, the protest march is the next step um and hope that answers you answer your question steve will probably answer before we even uh we even read it out really but um but there we go right can i answer two or three more because we've uh we've rambled and rambled today we've been uh, with you know, Coxie's crystal ball and all the other <laughs> little segments we've got. We've uh, we've really said I'm going to go Baggies eight and seventy nine. Middlesbrough fans said they wouldn't want us in the playoffs, which I feel is a huge compliment. Would we want to avoid anyone? I got the feeling 
it will be the big four of Borough, Norwich, Watford and ourselves. But who do you enjoy? Who just do Johnny and Lewis think any dark horses? I don't think it'll be them four. I think there'll be some, I think either Millwall or Luton will get in there. And I would not want either Millwall or Luton. Hmm, interesting point. Yeah, I, Albin have played Luton twice, haven't they? Millwall at home to, to come. Um, hmm. It's it's hard to say. We saw Millwall away, didn't we? But Albion were at absolute um, sort of lowest at the low when we went there. I think I'd probably back Luton over Millwall if I was to pick one of the sort of plucky underdogs to to make it. Um, as I say, Borough not remain unconvinced about Blackburn. I do. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see one of Norwich, Watford and Sunderland make up the four with Albion, I'm saying. I'm not unconvinced about Blackburn for some strange reason I can't quite work out. And yeah, like you, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think we'll see Millwall and Luton make it. I think that would be a hell of an effort by by two of them. But having said that, we've fought for a good while now that they'll tail off. Uh, um, and you know, credit to them, doing unbelievable work at, uh, at those two clubs. But It'd be a stretch for them both to make it. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting chase, isn't it? You wonder, Sunderland losing Ross Stewart, their, their main striker, to that injury, you'd think if it not for that, they'd almost be guaranteed a place there, wouldn't they? Watford concede a lot of goals and wasn't massively convinced by them at Vicarage Road last week, if I'm if I'm honest. Um, made hard work of getting past that in there, didn't they? And uh, and the other contenders just down there, I'm currently forgetting Norwich. Um, it's going to be a lot on that that game at the Hawthorns, isn't there? Albion against Norwich, that could be a, a crunch game when we get there. So let's see the state sort of state of play when that arrives. Yeah, it'd be interesting to interesting to see. Uh, I'm torn on promotion. We need to be in the Premier League to be sold, but our squad is not ready at all. So we'll be straight back down, which wouldn't encourage a buyer. We have no real budget to strengthen either. If we do go up. But if you don't go up financially, we dot, dot, dot. Uh, I guess there should be some more tweets underneath this. He's gone. He's gone big. Oh, there's four tweets. Um, <laughs> we dot, 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 are in big trouble. What are your views? And obviously, understand getting promoted would be a huge task in our position right now via the playoffs. Uh, need to go up financially. Doesn't matter if they go up and come straight back down. It would leave Alvin in a better financial position if that happened. Going up and staying up would be the one. But... Yeah, I mean, we can't afford to be fussy. Albion need the Premier League. No, no, I I understand the point, but you you know, parachute payments uh, are a massive help, aren't they? Financially, goes without saying, and that would that would come with relegation were that to happen. However, the the best case scenario only comes if Albion you know get up and can make a fist of it. And I I get I get all the points with well, you know, Albion are only going to sneak into the playoffs and. You know, then it would take a big effort to win to get up and going to be nowhere near when get promoted into the Premier League. And it's going to be like last time. I'm going to come straight back down. But we we don't know that. Yes, there's not. Yes, we sort of expect there not to be much investment in terms of being able to spend arm and a leg on on players in the summer, even if promotion secured. And that may be the case. But, you know, also there's a lot said for who's who's running the side, isn't there? And we, you know, what Corbyn has done in a short few months, it's pretty remarkable. And yeah, very, very, very different examples. But, you know, Cooper did what he did with Forrest, didn't he? Um, and they're making a fist of the Prem after signing about a million players last summer, I know. But, you know, we get to see Corbyn in a summer market for the first time with the opportunity to sign players he properly knows. Didn't really have that chance in January, did he? So, um, yeah, you can't just... There's, there's, I don't, I don't agree on being torn. You can't just throw away that opportunity and what could come with it because oh, we might get battered every week in the top division and, and go straight back down. You know, that's that'd leave Albion on much sort of safer financial grounding than than if they don't go up, of course. So um, yeah, hope hope for the best, and uh, we can all be excited by what Corbyn could hopefully achieve. Two more questions. Does Alex Palmer have serious competition with Josh Griffiths for the number one jersey? Oxley, I'll leave that one to you. Um, yeah, Palmer's made it his own, let's be fair. He was absolutely immense, absolutely immense prior to injury and doesn't deserve to lose it from an injury. However, you know, at the moment it's Griffiths's and if he 
goes on a storming run, clean sheets, saves, becomes really influential. Then he puts himself into the mix. Based on their experiences, and they've both got good experience. You know, Palmer's considerably older, obviously. I think what, what he did prior to injury, you know, m- makes him number one still. And I'd expect him to come back in, but he, he, he would, you know, should Griffiths continue in, in the same vein? And we all hope he does, obviously, for Albin's sake and for future's sake and for, you know, a, a talented young academy player's sake. We all hope he continues to do so. And if he does, then he puts the heat on Palmer, doesn't he? And just increases that competition there. You know, Palmer came in for Button eventually and was outstanding. And we, you know, as soon as Palmer started playing well, we thought, right, that's job done. But if you get to a stage where Griffiths has been immense and has a really consistent run, then he puts the heat right on Palmer. And they, you know, we have a, a proper battle between, you know, backup keeper is right there and proved he's good enough. And ultimately competition everywhere, you know, especially in goal is, is important. So, I think Palmer will will edge it deservedly when he comes back from injury, but you know can only hope Griffiths continues pushing himself to a point where it becomes a difficult call. Because if that happens, then I'll be in a really good place. Yeah. Final question comes from Dave Chalmer. Um, always nice to hear from from Dave. Um, he says, after seeing Jez Mulholland score a screamer this weekend, do you think he should be considered as backup? To Connor Carlos Townsend. Get him in. Needed. Get him in. I've played against Jez. He's a bloody good player. This is the uh, the commentator for, for Albion TV and uh, and journalist for for the baggies. Yeah, he's a good player. He's got some left foot on him. I saw the goal on Twitter actually. It was uh, it was it was yeah, a fair indeed, strike. Yeah. It was a fair strike, yeah. So he's Certainly so uh, we've got 30, of, 35 yards all over. Yeah, like some like that. We've got plenty of backup there. You've got Townsend, we've got Reach. Now we got we got Jez as well. He can uh, can slot in it. A left back, get him on a get him on a get him on a short term deal, Carlos. Um, but there we go. Thanks for your questions, Bags fans. We're going to wrap up. We've been going for an hour now, so we're just going to wrap up briefly um, and talk about Hull away on a Friday night. Coxie, <laughs> poor Hull. Yeah, poor Hull. I got back from I got back from Watford at four a.m. So I'm dreading what I'm going to get back from Hull at. Um, four a.m. That was a rough. Right yeah, on. long road Have you said that, I, I suppose where you left your car and picked it up from is then probably car, another hour car and a services, services for coffee to make sure I didn't go into the centre, the, the, the whatever you call them in the motorway. The, the and then another hour and a bit into the uh, the Welsh sticks, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I live in England. I'm not going to tell you this again. I'm not going to tell you this again. But whole, yeah, whole Friday. Uh, unchanged, you think, Coxie? Um, give yeah. the success of Borough? Has to be unchanged, doesn't it? You would you would say you're fitness dependent. Um having said that, I could see a world where all Brighton came in for Dean Garner, but I don't think Dean Garner deserves to come out the side. So I think for a bit of consistency and, and stuff, um make you, you know, I, I would say unchanged, make a case for one change, maybe a couple, but no, it doesn't doesn't need to happen. Good good rest between Saturday and Friday. So yeah, unchanged hopefully and Hopefully it paves the way to a similar result. Just having a look at Hull's form. I mean, they're winless in four. They'd sort of salvaged themselves with a couple of key home wins before that. So not bad at home by all accounts. Think counting four here, they're unbeaten at home in the league. Five, six, yeah, six games or so. Um, so clearly got something about them at home, but oh, Albion need to go and win away, don't they? They certainly need to stop losing away. Um, yeah. You know, yes, there's a case where you say, oh, you take a point. It's not the, it's not a disaster, a point in Hull if Alvin can keep winning at home and win, lose or draw the odd away game, but can stay strong at home. Just need to, just need to sort of stem these, this run of defeats away because it's, it's doing nothing for the, the promotion push, is it? And sort of negating the, the brilliance at home. Um, but no, yeah, looking, looking forward to a trip up there. I say the Albion fans will, will back their team as ever. Um, travelling droves I'm sure despite horrific timing let's be honest um, but yeah look forward to it Johnny we'll, we'll be there as ever and it will be a good one and hopefully we're not you know we're home and uh, yeah we're home before 4am I don't like the sound of that I was hoping to be in bed by about 3 so you know touch wood yeah we'll uh, we'll see score prediction Coxie on the spot uh, t- 2-0 again. 2-0. Gone for a Borough repeat. 
Two nil Albion. I'll go for I'll go for three nil Albion. Yeah, I'm going very. I nearly very, went one actually. Um, yeah. yeah, I nearly went one. And a very quick word because that was I was trying to remember something I forgot to say. Obviously, you know it's, it's this run of four games, isn't it? Hull, um, Wigan, Huddersfield, Cardiff. You know, Hull currently 16th, and then three at the bottom four. As we said on last week's pod, which you know, obviously started with Borough, just have to be taking a, a big return from these, taking advantage yeah. of a kind of fixture run. And now they've started it with a win over the, the form team in Borough. You know, Abin needs to be looking at the very minimum, surely nine or ten points from these 12 available. Just have to, to, to really, really put them in the mix again. Back on the winning track, and hopefully that is where Carlos and the boys will remain. Enjoy the rest of your week, Baggies fans. Hats off to some of you brave souls who are making that journey north with us on Friday evening. I hope you've enjoyed another episode of the Baggies broadcast. And until next time, from me and Coxie, boing, boing. Boing, boing.